episode of the Hot Form. We're going to talk about the two previous games, one win in overtime against a crappy Ottawa team, and a loss against the worst team in the league in Detroit 2-1. Uh, most would say the goalie stole the game, but still, you want to beat a team like Detroit. We're going to talk about people called up, people sent down, the upcoming games, the, that long road trip we've been talking about for weeks is starting tonight. Of course, as always, we'll update you on the Rocket and prospects. We're getting a lot more news about the World Juniors coming up. Let's start with Caden Primo's first win as a as a hab, first of many, uh, I would hope. But uh, it was it was good to see him get it out of the way at the very least. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he played uh, definitely played a good game. Obviously, he played really good his first game in Colorado against the Avalanche. But uh, it was nice to see him his first game in Montreal. In I front mean, of he the was Bell fine Center. against Colorado, but like he yeah, looked well, shaky. Yeah, he that, was way true. more comfortable against Ottawa. That's true. He did. He got off to a bit of a, a, a yeah shaky start. Like he looked in like Colorado. a rookie. He looked like a rookie. Yeah, but he definitely turned it around in the second half of the game. But he looked really good in Ottawa. Um, or uh, against Ottawa in Montreal. Unfortunately, you know, they were up 2 nothing. Hope, kind of hoping he was going to get a shutout, but uh, gave up two goals, but he does pick up the win. Uh, I loved seeing when, uh, so Ben Chirot gets the OT winner. Uh, ben Chirot, who's having just a massive like, season after st- struggling at the beginning, but he, he gets the OT win. Not who you expect he had the OT win, but I love the shot from the back, uh, from behind Primo's net, and just seeing his celebration. Like, obviously this meant... A lot to him, like, obvi- like of course, like getting your first NHL win means a lot. But you, you could just feel that it meant so much, and and you see right away Shea Weber go straight to him, Carey Price goes straight to him, and from going to him, straight to Kachuk is 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 wait the Ottawa one is Brady right, and the Calgary one's Matthew Kachuk. Yes, is Brady Kachuk the biggest tool in the NHL? <laughs> I think he's given a run uh, to Brad Marchand for uh, for the Habs most most hated. I think Brad Marchand though, I, I hate Brad Marchand of course, but he is a tool like on purpose. You know, I feel like it's his Brad Marchand's goal is to be a, a tool. You know, you know he fakes injuries and all that. And at least you have to admit, I mean he he puts up numbers, right? I mean yeah. I mean Brady's not bad too, but still, he tries to steal the puck for the first win. Off of Caden, he's claiming he didn't know. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's probably bullshit. <laughs> so I mean, he claims that he didn't know, but he also claim like he's played with Caden Primo before. So I'm not sure how you wouldn't know that it was his first win when he's a 20. Like, why are goalie. you taking the puck anyways? Like he was saying he was gonna give it to a kid exactly. in the stands. But that's bullcrap. Like that's the easy answer to get people off your back. But when do you ever see a player on a losing team on an away arena in an yeah. away arena? After an OT goal, their first thing they do is pick up the goal, the puck. Exactly. I mean, you typically no. you want to get off the ice as quickly as possible. There's, I don't know why he'd be playing around with the puck. It absolutely makes no sense. And, and just in general, the way he plays and and, and all that. I mean, it, he's very very easy to hate. But what what happens all the time when we get and this is starting to really annoy me. Every time we play Ottawa, and we obviously play Ottawa a lot, it's the, the Kutkiniemi Kachuk comparisons. Now, obviously, so far in their career careers, Kachuk has done more. It's a different situation, though, because Kachuk is on a shit team getting plenty of ice time. And Kutkini, I mean, we all know he doesn't get the best line mates and all that. But you know, right now, it's hard to argue that Kachuk hasn't produced more. Yeah, but, I mean, uh, yeah. I but mean, he's one year younger, Kutkini, I mean, first of all. Even though they were the same draft year, if you look at their birthdays, he's younger. He's a center. And also, all these fans on Twitter, oh, I would have taken Kachuk. Why did he? <laughs> Everyone before the draft was talking about Zadina. Yeah, myself included. I, I was hoping the Habs were going to draft Zadina. Exactly. Like, I'm not saying I wasn't surprised by Kotkaniemi, but, n- like, none of you Twitter trolls 
wanted to take Kachuk. No, that's true. No, none <laughs> of you. Like, there was like one analyst that mentioned Kachuk, and he hasn't shut up. I forget who it is, but there's one analyst, and he loves to bring it up all the time. But none of these Habs fans on Twitter want uh, that, that that lady that gasped like the the meme yeah. now. <laughs> she wanted Zadina too, probably. And I probably didn't even know who Zadina was. But like, I, I'm so sick of it. Like, none of you wanted Kachuk. Shut up about it. No, that's true. I mean, obviously, like you said, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. I mean, first of all, Brady Kachuk's is pretty much a year older. He obviously is in, I mean, not a better situation, of course, but he definitely gets those top minutes. He's relied upon a lot more heavily than Kukkiniemi is. Uh, I mean, he, he's Kukkiniemi is a center as well. I mean, that definitely plays into it. And, I mean, Kukkiniemi, obviously he's, I mean, you, you can see his body type. He's very, he's tall, he's lanky. Yeah. He has to grow into his body yep. before he's going to hit that potential. Brady Kachuk's already a big guy. He has that weight already. He well, during the draft, hockey. whatever anyone said about any player being drafted, the most NHL-ready everyone was saying was Brady Kachuk. But being the most NHL-ready at the time of the draft does not always translate until being into being the best NHL player later on. And also, like, maybe we're wrong. Maybe Brady Kachuk will be the best player out of the draft, or at the very least better than Kutkinyemi. But stop freaking out. We're, we're two years, like, in. Mm. No, exactly. There's plenty of time for things to, things to change. A center is going to take more time to develop, and he's not getting the same opportunities like we've like we've already mentioned. Like if Kakinami got drafted by Ottawa, he'd be playing first line minutes probably right now. Probably, I mean, definitely in the top six for sure. Yeah. But I mean, Kakinami was never like we never really expected him to jump right in. I mean, I was I think a lot of people were surprised that he actually made the team last year yeah. and had such a good year thirty I think thirty one points or thirty four points, but. I mean, obviously he's having a bit of a slow start here to this season. Uh, obviously the injuries hasn't helped that. But, I mean, he was always going to be a long-term project. He had to put on that weight. He had to adjust to the North American game. So, I mean, it's not a huge surprise that he has struggled a bit this year. At, at mean, this point, I don't plenty want... Plenty of time to turn it around. I wouldn't want a guy like Brady Kachuk to have the fucking Habs jersey on. He's <laughs> such an asshole. Well, I mean, I think I mean, there's a, being a yeah, dick and there's yeah. being... Like, come on, you're going to take the puck from a rookie? Like, don't give me this crap about you didn't know or whatever. Like, ugh. yeah, that that is a pretty big dick move. Like, I, I mean, obviously we all love Gallagher. Everyone else hates okay, Gallagher, but, but Gallagher, Gallagher would never do yeah, that. Yeah, he would no, never do something like that. It's one thing to be annoying on the ice, yeah. Yeah, like like that. Gallagher can be, but Gallagher's he's turned into a great leader. Yeah, and this year he got he had one game I think against Detroit. He had a couple two minute uh, two minute minors, and they were his second and third of the year. Like he hasn't been. No, no, the same, no, you know, he, he's a disruptor and all that, and I get it. He has a bit of the punchable face, like Brad Marchand <laughs> also has, you know. But uh, I, don't, I don't know. There's something like it's easy to say when they're not on, on your team, and yeah. Ottawa is such an easy team to hate, just in general. It's, it's just so easy to dislike Ottawa. Like their fans don't even care about Ottawa. <laughs> like you know, no, like true. I don't know. It's like uh, whatever. Important thing is, yeah, we, uh, we beat them in overtime though, and then losing against Detroit. Now, of course. As always, French-Canadian goaltender in Jonathan Bernier. And, of course, he's a backup goalie, too. So yeah, of course. Double it, yeah, exactly. But it's like, is he? are they kind of 1A, 1B in Detroit at this point? Or? Well, I, th- I thought it was more Jimmy Howard, but, yeah, I mean. They're both not very good. The, the, neither one of them are really number one goalie. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Detroit, the worst team in the league. They're, they have a chance to have, like, a historically bad season. And, Okay, yeah, we outshot them forty like three to twenty or something like that. 
But man, you gotta figure a way to to win that game after the eight game losing streak they just had. It's re- unacceptable, regardless of the circumstances, to lose against a team like Detroit. Yeah, he definitely can't be giving up points like that. I mean, uh, obviously, I mean Bernier st- stood on his head most of the game, but like you said, I mean they they have to find a way to score, have to find a way to beat the Detroit Red Wings, who have had just an atrocious season. But and, and especially, they're trying to lose, not, not the players. Yeah, well, yeah, Ma- management, yeah. like the players, are never trying to lose. Management is trying to lose. It, it's a true rebuild. It's not like New Jersey, who's having a bad year, has good players, and now they're now they're trying to, to do a bit of a rebuild by trading Taylor Hall and all that. Detroit came into the year, everyone knew they were going to suck, and that's what's happening. Yeah, they went all in on sucking. I mean, trying to go for <laughs> Alexi Lafreniere. But, um, yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously it's a good draft year, so, I mean, it's not a bad move by them to try to get Lafreniere or Byfield or some of the other guys as well. But, um, yeah, I mean, definitely a, a tough loss for the Canadians, especially going into the road trip that we have now. Um, so, I mean, it's, we know that it's not going to be an easy road trip, and they really did need a win there against Detroit. So I, I obviously pulled up the, the standings uh, in preparation for, for the podcast, and something I hadn't quite realized that stood out to me, Canadians at home... Eight, eight, and three. So only playing for five hundred. I mean, below five. Like we say, five hundred, but in, yeah. they have eleven losses and eight wins, right? So, and seven, four, and three on the road. Like, when have you ever seen this for the Canadians? The Canadians usually dominate at home. That's that is a good point. That's, and it, uh, if anything, it's on the the road that they that they that they struggle. So I don't know exactly what's happening with with the Canadians at home. It could just be an anomaly, and maybe we're gonna end the season kind of dominating at home. But I mean. It's a positive leading into, what is it? Is it seven games in a row on the road? I believe it is. Yeah, I think that, uh, that's what it is. So, I mean, uh, well, I mean, that's that's a good stat. Hopefully they can keep it going here over the next uh, couple of weeks on the road uh, in the west and then, uh, of course, down south. But uh, And it all gets started tonight. Yeah, tonight against, uh, against Vancouver. Uh, I mean the classic West uh, Western Canada trip. Uh, <laughs> interesting uh, tidbit going into this game. So they have uh, uh, what's his name Antoine Roussel, yeah. who uh, went out. It said today that it pisses him off. Quote, quoting him here uh, to see how many uh, how much support the Habs have in uh, in Vancouver, and this, that just makes me so happy. <laughs> if you just search Habs on Twitter right now, it's a bunch of Habs fans like laughing at that fact, which is. Uh, it's it's kind of but you always see it like anytime especially in Western Canada uh, I just feel like it's like for so long there were no teams uh, there for the older generation so you have like I, I have when I live in Toronto my Leafs uh, my my friends that were Leafs fans told me it's the same thing there's plenty of Leafs support there too a lot of the original six teams have support in those in those cities it's it's just funny yeah I mean <laughs> I mean I guess it does kind of kind of suck I mean if you play for a team and then to see so many Montreal Canadian jerseys in the stands. I mean, I, w- I guess I probably wouldn't be too happy either. But uh, I mean, what's not like what's not to love about the Canadians? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean we we have a, a podcast <laughs> dedicated to the Habs. But that's a good point. Like, if if I went to to a Habs game and all of a sudden like half the arena is in Vancouver Canucks jerseys and and you hear a, a faint chance of whatever their their team, it's like you always hear a faint go Habs go, go <laughs> at true. at some point during the game. And then the other team that like fans that try to like fight back against it and, and, and all that. But you always see it, and we'll, we'll see it in, in all the games. Uh, but uh, again, against Vancouver, so we won't talk too much about Vancouver. Chances are you might have watched the game already before you, uh, uh, by, by the time you get to this podcast. But Carey Price, I mean, he's from uh, BC, obviously, has amazing stats uh, lifetime against uh, against Van- uh, Vancouver. Well, not lifetime, but in the last eight games uh, against Vancouver. So hopefully Canadians can start off 
this road trip on the on the right foot. Because uh, I mean, there's no back-to-backs in this in this stretch. But man, Vancouver, Calgary, Edmonton, Winnipeg, and then it's Christmas. And that's not none of these teams are easy anymore. You know, it's not like mm-hmm. even Vancouver took a step in the right direction this year, right? Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. Uh, you know, they, they they have been getting better and better the last few years. Vancouver's they got a lot of good young players. You know, guys like Peterson, Hughes, uh, Besser, even. So I mean, they they got a lot of good young players there. They're going to be a tough team to beat. It's always tough to go out west. Of course, um, I mean even some of the other teams, even the Oilers. I mean the Oilers have been having a great season. I mean they're second in the division. I mean you look at the Pacific Division, one, two, three is Arizona, Edmonton, and Vegas. I mean Vegas has been pretty solid since they got into the, the league, but it's still a funny thing to see. Yeah, Arizona and Edmonton, you definitely yeah. <laughs> definitely wouldn't have expected that yeah. at the beginning of the year. And Arizona, who just went and take got and got Taylor Hall to be buyers to get what would probably end up being the biggest. Is there a bigger asset that's going to be moved? Run the trade deadline? Probably uh, I not. I mean, so. Taylor probably Hall, not. he was MVP a few seasons ago. I mean, uh, that's uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty crazy. I mean, speaking, we might as well get into it now. Speaking of Taylor Hall trade, so it happened early. Kind of interesting. Like, I don't know if that was the right move for New Jersey to, to make the – maybe they should have helped because I don't feel like the return they got. No, it definitely wasn't – Is uh, that, like, impressive? It wasn't too great. I mean, they got, you know, three – Decent prospects, nothing like too crazy. Obviously, they get the first round pick. Um, You know, I mean, another third that could potentially turn into a second or a first. So, I mean, I I do like the conditions on uh, on there for 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 Arizona, especially because uh, for for those that don't know, the first round pick, one of the first round pick, is a first round pick regardless. But for this year, is top three protected. I mean, Arizona is top in the division right now, so odds of that happening are pretty low anyway. Uh, so it'll probably be the pick for this year, and then the other pick is conditional. Depend. There's two conditions: there is, if Taylor Hall resigns, and if they win a playoff series, and if both happen, it becomes uh, a first round pick. I mean, if you're Arizona and both happen, and then you get a, you don't care that you're losing an extra first round pick, no. because I mean, winning a playoff series. I mean, you, the goal is to win more than just a playoff series. Mm-hmm. But for a team like Arizona to take a jump, like if you're one of Arizona's a dozen fans. You got to be pretty excited about this year. You yeah, got Kessel I mean, in the off definitely. season. Now T- Taylor Hall shows up. I mean, definitely. I mean, they they got a pretty exciting team. I mean, even before adding Taylor Hall. So I mean, it's it's going to be exciting, definitely for them. I mean, hopefully, maybe you know, maybe if they can win a playoff round, hopefully they can uh, build a, build that fan base a little bit. But it's a, definitely an interesting trade. And like you said, I don't think New Jersey necessarily got that much. I, I mean, I don't know. I kind of figured that if they could have held out a little bit longer, you know, maybe even down to the trade deadline, they, yeah. I, I don't think they would have got less. And I, I definitely don't think they would have got less. Unless there was one of the – because sometimes there's prospects that kind of aren't doing too well at the team they're with. And maybe there's a scout, a pro scout in, uh, in New Jersey that really likes one of these guys and thinks he can have him, like, turn it around but I mean the question is I mean this is a Habs podcast and the Habs as with every big trade uh, were being talked as being a possibility I mean whether or not that's true I mean it feels like they just put either the Leafs or the Canadians as one of the teams for every trade just because it drives traffic on their whatever their websites and all that but the question is what would have been an equivalent uh, trade for uh, for the Canadians so there's three prospects was it two or three prospects? It's three prospects. Three prospects, yeah, and 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 the two picks. So the picks we went over what what they would be. I mean, none of these three I don't think would be a top prospect from the Canadians. No, no, I definitely don't think so. I mean, I think Kevin Ball, uh, defenseman, 
would be sort of similar, I guess you could say, to to the potential of Josh Brook. I mean, that, they're definitely div- like very maybe. different. Maybe like I feel like Josh Brook has more kind of like value uh, ne- next to his name at this point. Just consider the season I had last year. If you look yeah, into I mean, the Kevin does Kevin Ball guy. I mean, he's he's a, he's a giant, but yeah, yeah I mean, they're the definitely two anymore. different defensemen. Yeah. But um, yeah, I I I, I would say that he, Josh Brook's probably the closest to him. Um, I mean, Nick Merkley's sort of a sort of a tough one. He's he was a very good prospect a couple of years ago. Hasn't really panned out in the AHL, so it's sort of sort of hard to put a guy to him. I would say maybe maybe I mean, like a Jake Evans, possibly. Yeah. I was on the Habs subreddit, and that's exactly what this this poster is. And then uh, the Nate Char. I mean, Nate Char is a pretty de- pretty decent player. I mean, he he was a big part of the Guelph Storms. Uh, Memorial Cup run last year. I think a comparable to him would probably be Cameron Hillis, um, who also plays with the Guelph Storm. You you literally made the exact same. I didn't show you this before, but you made the exact <laughs> same game comparisons as this poster on on Reddit. So that's kind of funny. Uh, but uh, so I guess uh, that, that for whatever it's worth, this is Redditor <laughs> and Dustin, who I know doesn't use Reddit because he doesn't understand computers. Uh, <laughs> I believe it's the same comparison. So we're talking about Jake Evans, Josh Brook, Cam Ellis, and the same picks with the conditions that uh, that are on there for one year of Taylor Hall. If the Canadians want to sign Taylor Hall, though, we have seen in the past that if you go get the player, it could improve your chances to to resign him afterwards. If yeah. that has yeah, some I mean, value, if they like the there. You know, if they like the team and they like the city and that, yeah. and I mean, you can also offer them an extra year as well. So at the end of the day, like it, these are all players that you could get lucky and have one become a, a, a true NHL or impact player. None of these players could easily. None of these players could be impact players in the NHL. Whether we're talking about the New Jersey prospects or the Canadians prospects, you'd put in instead. Yeah, I mean, no, I don't think any of them are going to be game breakers uh, at the next level. I mean, you know, I, I think Merkley and uh, and Ball will probably be NHLers at some point. Definitely not not top line guys in my mind. Shar, you know, might might have a have an outside chance at the at the NHL. Uh, you know, probably more of a fringe guy, AHL NHLer. But um, yeah, I mean, it, obviously they didn't give up too much, but I don't, I don't. Obviously, I don't think the Canadians are one Taylor Hall away from being a contender either. No, I, I don't, I don't uh, disagree. So for you, uh, Jake, if if the offer was New Jersey calls you up, uh, you're the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, and they say, "Hey, Dustin, hey, Dustin, uh, I really like Jake Evans, Josh Brook, and Cam Hillis. I got these first round pick. I got to get one first round pick. I'll give you some conditions on the second first round pick." And like I talked about, those conditions, if you meet those conditions, you don't care about losing the, the, the first-round pick, right? Because you, it means you re-signed yeah, Taylor uh, Hall, yeah, right? So course. in that sense, it's one first-round pick. And worst case, if you don't want to give up the extra first round, you just don't re-sign him. Like, it's fine. Mm-hmm. So you would full stop not make that trade. No. I mean, uh, it's, it's a really good draft this year, too. So, I mean, you know, if, if, if your pick does end up – I mean, who knows where your pick – I mean, obviously it was top three protected. I mean, I don't think, obviously, the, the Coyotes are going to – you know, fall that far. Yeah. But uh, but I mean, even if even if the pick is around like fifteen to twenty, you're still getting a really solid prospect. Okay, because I was actually gonna get get back to you. What if, just for the sake of conversation here, what if we made the change where it was top ten protected? But you you just mentioned fifteen to twenty, so yeah. you still wouldn't be interested in making that move. No, I don't think so. No, no. no. So I mean, what honestly, if the Canadians win one series this year, I mean, who cares? No, I, I see what you mean. I mean, I, I don't disagree with you, uh, but. Uh, my my main point here is uh, for people that wanted the Canadian to make that trade, you go get Taylor Hall, and in no way guarantees the Canadians make the playoffs. 
Like no, I, no, as no. it is right now, if I had to gamble on whether or not the Canadians were going to make the playoffs this year, at this point in the season, given the eight-game losing streak and where they're on the standings and how close it is, I would say no. Yeah, probably not. I, I think mean, the, it's going to be the, close, the but... odds are no. And yeah. if the Canadians acquire Taylor Hall, I would still, if I had to put money on it, say no. Like I don't think that that's the 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 the, the player that maybe they they end up making it, but I don't think that's necessarily the player that would make the a difference. I mean, there's rumors that Hall might like to play in Montreal. If that's true, hey, go for it in free agency. Yeah. But uh, no, it's 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 I don't really I I don't really care about any of those prospects that much, and I would I would make a trade equivalent with Jake Evans, Josh Brook, and Cam Illis, but for like, make what the, the true team need, you know, like and not just one year, not just as a rental. Yeah, that's no. the big thing. No, there, there there's no way the Canadians should be going to get a rental um, if it's going to cost them any of their any of their top five, even even ten prospects, really, and uh, and I certainly wouldn't be giving up a first round pick, especially this year. Yeah. But um, I mean, I think it was Pierre LeBrun that mentioned uh, just a couple of hours ago that the Canadians, according to his sources, did do their due diligence. But apparently, they the the they wanted either Romanov or Caulfield, which I think you know everyone can agree is, is an yeah. absolute. I uh, mean. Sure, I mean they can ask for a Romanov or Caulfield all they want. At the end of the day, they didn't acquire a Romanov or Caulfield. No, no, they definitely right. didn't. Maybe you know the the fact they're trading trading uh, Taylor Hall to the Western Conference. Maybe you know they were willing to take a little bit less. Yeah, I don't know. Potentially, but um, yeah, I mean obviously Caulfield or Romanov would be a deal breaker. Well, I mean speaking of Romanov. The, the rumor now, well, not not a rumor, this is a fact, Benjamin said it himself, <laughs> <laughs> it's not all rumors, uh, is, uh, well, Benjamin, we all know, went and uh, spoke with uh, uh, Romanov, he, he went to Russia and all that, and he had a press conference, uh, was it yesterday, a press conference, if I'm not mistaken, on, uh, uh, yep. on Monday? Yeah, it was yesterday. And uh, the, the main takeaway from it, I mean, he, he touched it a little bit, he didn't touch specifically on the Hall trade, but he touched on the fact that he's not willing to mortgage the future, as he says has said multiple times for, for right now now which which we both agree is the right move but he mentioned that he feels strongly that Romanov will play uh in uh with the Canadians next year instead of staying in Russia I mean it's fantastic yeah. news obviously yeah it's definitely good news um I mean obviously he's uh, you know he looked really good at the World Juniors last year he's played significant minutes solid minutes for uh, for um uh, CSKA Moscow so obviously he would be a great addition to the Habs uh I mean I think a lot of Habs fans probably have a little bit too of high hopes for him, uh, for what he's going to bring to the team next year. I definitely don't think he's going to be able to step into the top two. I mean, he's not playing top two or even the top four most nights with uh, with Moscow in the Yeah, KHL. but considering the left side, I mean, Ben Schrott has stepped it up this year, obviously. But if you if you, if you you put him into the left side of the defense of the Montreal Canadiens right now, I mean, oh, like, let's, let's not say right now. Let's say like for next year. I mean, is he ahead? I think he's easily ahead of Kulak and Mike Riley. Yeah, well, Mike Riley. <laughs> no, no, exactly. I don't have anything good to say about Mike there, Riley. There, there's but... not so much there, and even he could easily, by the end of the year, I think, be the best left defenseman on on the defense and the Canadians, unless they acquire someone else. I mean, potentially, but I think he's probably like he's going to start off the season. I think, of course, he's probably yeah. the third pairing defenseman. Of course, yeah. Um, I mean, will he eventually? Next season, beat out Mete and Kulak. I mean, possible. Yeah. Um, maybe beats out Sherrod too. I mean, we'll see. But I mean, he's definitely not going to stay uh, step in day one and be a game changing defenseman for the Habs either. 
I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, I think you're being a bit of a negative uh, negative Nancy uh, <laughs> over here. I mean, I think there's reason he's going to be given every opportunity, and he's not coming from junior. It's no. not like someone like Brooke, who's like dominate dominant to junior, and then goes to the AHL. And it's like hold up, I can't pull the same moves I was I was uh, I was I was doing there. No, of he, course. He's playing the second best league in the world, probably. Yeah, but he's also not dominating either. No, he's, sure. He's playing. Sure. Yeah, you know, so there, there's games where he plays like five minutes a game. Sure, not, yeah, no, but that, that maybe that's just the, his, his rushing team trying to, I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. They definitely want to keep him over. That's, oh, they that, definitely that, do, of course. That, that's for sure. Uh, the, 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 the worry, though, when it comes to the, the, the Russian prospects is that you need to keep him happy early on. Yeah, to make sure he sticks around. Yeah, there, right? there's no way Romanov's going to be uh, playing any time in Laval. Oh that's, no, that there's zero sure. chance of that. Yeah, the only way he would be sent down if, is if he were to agree, and it was like he gets injured and conditioning stint, like something along those lines. There's like no chance. There, yep. uh, he he'll just go back to to Russia. No, exactly. It's yeah. it's either going to be the Canadians or or Russia next year. So I mean, uh, that's uh, hopefully Bergevin can make it happen, and I think. You know, if, if Romanov takes a look at the defensive, uh, well, especially on the left side at this point, I think he sees an opportunity for himself. And Well, do you think that was uh, part of Bergman's pitch? He just, sure he just brought his depth chart <laughs> and was like, look at what I have as left defenseman. I've had this for two seasons, and I am unable to improve it, aside from Ben Sherratt. He probably saw that and was like, oh... Interesting. Well, I mean, for, I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. I know if I was a prospect, I would be... I would be intrigued. Uh, of course. I, would, yeah. I mean, I'd, wa- I'd want to be going to, you know, the the team that has the worst depth at my position. So, But we, we've seen a couple, the, the two best uh, prospects this year are defensemen, right? I mean, I know he doesn't have the same offensive talent as Quinn Hughes and, and Kale McCarr, but we've seen defensemen step in as younger players as recently as right now. That's and, true. and make a huge difference for their team. I mean, if we're going to talk about players uh, Canadians could have could have had, we're going to see one tonight in Quinn Hughes. Mm-hmm. Now he would step right into the Canadians lineup as probably the number one left defenseman. Yep. Now, who's to say that Romanov can't bring that same uh, same kind of like he won't maybe have the same skating and offensive upside, you know? But still, you know. Yeah. Well, uh, no, I mean, yeah, definitely Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr have definitely proved that young defensemen can make the jump. I mean, Romanov is is not the same sort of defenseman, however. I mean, Quinn Hughes and Kale McCarr are both offensive, I mean, basically 100% offensive-minded, very good skaters. Romanov, a little bit more two-way. He likes to throw the body around. He's going to have to put on some weight, you know, to be to reach his full potential in the NHL. So I definitely don't think he's going to step in and, and be the next Kale McCarr or, or Quinn Hughes. I mean, obviously, only only time will tell. But I'm, I'm excited to see him. So he already won the uh, defenseman of like of the of the, yeah, the world last juniors year. last year. Yeah, he was the, so uh, the he, top top defenseman. He's back this year, so the expectation really is for him to be to do it again. Do it again, really, right? I mean, I mean, I don't know exactly if the the world juniors tend to to not do something like that. They want to give it to someone else instead and, 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 and what, what have you. But I mean, I'm going to be very interested in watching the Russia games and I, and I want, I want to see him absolutely dominate. Yeah, in, definitely. In, in I mean, yeah, he, he absolutely dominated last year. Um, so, I mean, you know, we, we were, we saw him use his offensive capabilities a little bit more and definitely, I mean, he's going to be re- relied upon heavily for, uh, for the Russian team. So hopefully he, uh, he'll be able to do it again. Hopefully be the bestie again. 
All right. Well, we'll touch a bit more on on the the prospects we have on the World Junior uh, later. But uh, more more recent news back to the Canadian. So we talked about Primo getting uh, his first win. But as we talked about uh, last podcast, this is what we expected. But Primo was sent back down, and Lindgren uh, called up uh, with the Canadians. And we actually had one of our uh, user questions was uh, along, uh, about that that call up because as we as I mentioned earlier. The upcoming road trip, it's a long road trip, but no back-to-backs, right? And so far this year, unless I'm forgetting a game, if it hasn't been a back-to-back, Price has started every single game. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right on yeah. that. Uh, yeah, so it was a Twitter question from Kevin Rogers. So, at Rogers 77 with the Habs bringing Lingren on the road trip, do you guys expect Price to start all four games since there are no back-to-backs? Uh, definitely. Yeah, same, same here. Uh, absolutely. I mean... Uh, Today in Vancouver, obviously he's starting after two days off, and then there's just one game between one day between each game, and then obviously for Christmas for four days off in a row. All the more re- there's no really yeah there's no, no reason. reason. I mean, I, I think uh, if they did expect to give Price a night off, you would very likely see Primo um, Primo do having the game. Even I mean, you know, I, I don't think there's uh, any reason that they would have sent Primo down if they thought he was going to start at least a game. Lingren hasn't, though he has looked a little bit better lately with Laval. He certainly hasn't been lighting it up either. So, I don't think Lingren means much to the Canadians at this much at this, no. at this point. Uh, he he he's just there to be a placeholder. I'm sure he doesn't mind sitting back up for a week, making some NHL dollars. You, you know, I mean, it, it, it's it's. But he's not. He's just there, kind of a as a placeholder for to, in practice to stay with the players that stay late and, and, and what have you. And Primo was sent down simply because they want him to keep getting playing time. And as, as are, do you think we're going to see Primo back in Montreal once it's time to have the backup play again? Um, I mean, it, I think it, he's sort of struggled the last couple of games over the last six games. He's led in 24 goals in Laval um, for, I think a save percentage is something like eight twenty five. Um, so continue, yeah. Oh really? <laughs> so if he continues that, I don't know. <laughs> but he looked. Well, who cares about that? He looked good in. Yeah, he in, well, he in, definitely in did Montreal, look. Yeah, right? he he definitely did look good. Um, so I mean, hopefully he'll be able to turn it around. Uh, you know, moving forward with uh, with Laval, obviously he struggled a little bit in the AHL over the last couple of games, uh, but I think he will turn around, turn it around, and I think he's probably the best option at this point. Right, that that's the thing, right? So I I wouldn't be surprised if we see like because once again the Canadians are very fortunate to have uh, the farm team in Laval. It's so close. It's 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 a, it's a metro ride for these guys. Yeah, oh, exactly. Right? So I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Primo move up and down throughout the year, just g- giving spot start. Like he is definitely gonna get a start before the end of the year, like in in, in Montreal. He's gonna get spot starts here and there, but uh, yeah, I, th- yeah, I think you'll see him at uh, see him again at some point. Um, I mean, I, I don't think it's it's uh, ideally you're not going to be sending him back and forth on a day to day basis like they did with Hugh Dome, but um, yeah, I, I definitely think he'll he'll play at least a handful of games. But once again, let's not forget the whole day to day thing. Like I feel like we have this perception that it's hard on the player. It's just paperwork. Like it's not like Udon was playing one day in Laval, one day in Montreal. Like he he just he wasn't mm-hmm. actually being sent down. He he wasn't physically going to Laval every single day. Because oh I got sent down I gotta go practice in Laval <laughs> today no it's just it's just for and they only did that that we don't because uh, at some point he has to go through waivers and yeah, and, yeah and all which that. isn't the case yeah. obviously with, with Primo with Primo it, it isn't the case at all uh, but we probably won't see him again until in January right because after the Christmas break it's back on the road and then it's Tampa Bay Florida Carolina 
once again probably price playing all those games. So we're probably not going to see Primo back until until January, if that. And maybe they do give Lindgren one start, or do you think we're not seeing Lindgren even? Probably, not. I don't think over this, or at least not over the la- the next couple of games. Um, I mean, maybe at some point they do give him a start. But like, would you though? At that point, like the next back to back isn't until January sixth and seventh, uh, Winnipeg at home and at Detroit. Wouldn't you rather just give like either call up Kincaid and give him give him a second shot? Or just call Primo back up. I kind of think it's over for Kincaid. I don't think he's going to yeah. be back with Montreal. Um, but uh, no, I, I, I don't know. We'll see. again. I think Do you think it's over for Kincaid. Yeah, I think it's Kincaid, at least over with the Canadians. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, the whole season, Joel Bouchard had been going back and forth between the two goalies, and he skipped skipped it to give to give Primo another start. So I, de- I definitely don't think that that was a good sign for him. Well, I think the organization as a, as a whole, the, the 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 focus is on Primo. Yeah, no, I definitely right? agree. With it, that, it's but... it's just about develop. They're not going to sacrifice Primo's uh, development for Keith Kincaid. No, no, no. I agree with that, but uh, I, I don't know the the fact that he skipped it like that after pre after Primo had already started on uh, what was it Thursday against the Senators. Um, I don't know. It just it just seemed a little bit weird, and I, I definitely think it's over for him with the Canadians. So from the sounds of it, I get the impression that because I don't think Lingren's going to get much playing time uh, in Montreal. Do you think the, the backup for the Montreal Canadians is Caden Primo? And now this was just about because he wasn't going to get a lot of starts in the coming weeks. This is just about getting him some starts in the AHL. But the true number two in Montreal is Caden Primo. Yeah, but I think uh, Lingren's probably going to be around for a little while. Is the backup even if he doesn't really play? I mean, I think maybe he'll get a start or two. We'll see. Uh, I mean, worst case, they even you know they could see it even as maybe as a showcase for uh, to try and try and move him. At some showcase. Point. I mean, like you, you'll get a seventh round pick. I mean, who wants well, whatever? You, yeah, we'll we have we, we can get. We have more chances of trading Keith Kincaid than uh, than Lindgren. Because I could see a team wanting a veteran backup that maybe maybe he'll do better here. I don't know. Yeah, we well, went through waivers, right? I guess that's so. true. Yeah, uh, but I mean, uh, either way, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I mean, and I'd no, ra- I mean, and if Primo's yeah. up, I'd rather see McNiven get some stars, and and Laval. Laval, yeah, no, I, I would love to see McNiven. Uh, yeah, should just see. Well, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, he was in a fight the other game. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was uh, that was exciting. You don't see a lot of goalie fights, and uh, who who was it again? Is it is it a known goaltender the other guy? Or? No, I don't think I had heard of him. No, I forget who it was. But anyway, that was cool. It looked, uh, fared well. Have needed an enforcer. Yeah, so, exactly. You yeah, you're just gonna rehash your <laughs> joke from Twitter. Yep, I am. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, to, once again, answer the question. Uh, yeah, price is starting all these games, uh, unless there's a there's a flu that starts going around Christmas or uh, yeah, hurts himself or whatever. It's price uh, is gonna play most of the games unless the Canadians uh, fall out of the playoff spot. So as long as there's no well, there are right now, but if if it's done for it, unless there's a back to back. So the other uh, call-up was, and we've been talking about him for a few weeks, but he's definitely earned it. It's uh, Ven- Vendemo. Yeah, that's Lucas Vendemo. Vendemo, yeah, that's what it is. I mean, he's been on fire, right? Uh, well, not on fire, but well, he's been solid overall. Yeah, he's so, been. Yeah. yeah, he. I mean, he's not necessarily a guy that's going to put up a lot of points. I mean, he's he has eight goals and eight assists this season. Um, he. He's, he's more more known for like the defensive side. Again, I think I said this uh, last week. He sort of reminds me a little bit of Jacob De- DeLaRose, De yeah. where he's a really good center. He doesn't necessarily have the most offensive upside. But like we talked about last week, 
the Rocket have a phenomenal uh, penalty kill. Like, it's yeah. been absolutely insane. Canadian's not so great. I mean, if he could be a PK specialist playing on the fourth line the rest of the time, I mean, that's not that's not a bad thing for him, you know? No, exactly. I mean, uh, for sure, if he can help the PK, I mean, I think that's going to go a long way to, to you know, potentially earning his spot, uh, you know, over the long term. But, uh, yeah, I think he, he can definitely – I mean, I'm excited to see what he can do definitely with the Habs. I, I'm not like, looking at the lines for uh, for for today's practice. Um, I haven't noticed yet if they've announced if uh, who's playing between him and Paling. But he was splitting time with Paling on the fourth line uh, next to Thompson and Barber. I mean, who who do you think? Because it's a bit, a bit weird for me to put Paling on the wing. Van Demo, I know he's a center in Laval, but you know, given his skill set, he's got to be able to be versatile and play wherever. I mean, Paling, we want him to be a center moving forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, definitely. I think ideally you want to have Paling at, at center, though he has played some at left wing, especially as of late in Laval. Um, so I don't know if that if they were trying to see, you know, I mean, the, the Canadians do have a couple of centers now, especially with Suz- the way that Suzuki has looked yeah, at center. Yeah. Maybe they're they're they want to experiment a little bit with him at left wing. Uh, I'm not sure that at least for this season, if pa- Paling is is really going to be one of the top four centers on the team. Yeah, especially with Thompson, uh, yeah. how how reliable he he is. Yeah. So I think you know if 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 Paling wants to stay in Montreal, this is probably his the best way that he's going to do it. I mean, potentially even when Kutkinemi comes back, who know maybe he moves up to the third line. We'll see. I mean. Uh, you know, uh, obviously playing on the fourth line right now with Thompson and I guess probably Wheel or Cousins. Yeah. Obviously, I mean it's not the uh, not the the most offensive line or offensive line mates that he has there. But uh, you know, he I think he can hopefully seize this chance and show what he can do on the left wing. I mean, at the end of the day, if he's gonna have a career in the NHL, it's gonna be as kind of a, a guy that can just step into the lineup, thirteenth forward, and just be reliable uh, defensively. Uh, and, and and all that, but it, it's good to see the, the players that that earn it in the in the AHL get the get the spot uh, here. So I mean, it, it's good for him there. We've had Barber who who's been playing for uh, for a week or so. I mean, we haven't noticed him that much, uh, Barber, uh, really. Yeah, he. I mean. Obviously, he got the call up because he was having such a great, uh, great couple of weeks, uh, a stretch of a couple of weeks there in Laval, uh, where where he scored, put up a bunch of points. Have like you said, he haven't really noticed him too much in Montreal. Um, so, you know, I, I definitely think there's better options. Uh, I, I would probably send him down, see what Vademo can do over the next two or three games, and you know, maybe maybe he ends up sticking around. And he, let's not forget too. Now we have uh, Kudkiniemi, who's about to be ready to to come back. So both Kudkiniemi and uh, Victor Mete uh, are are on the on this road trip. So when when we say this road trip, even though it's a seven game road trip, really it's a four game road trip followed by a three game road trip because of the four days for yeah. for for Christmas. So if they're on the road trip, it's because they have there's a, at least a chance that 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 one or both of them is going to play on this road trip. So. And actually, I, I I saw some people uh, throw it out on Twitter. I think you I think you actually retweeted one of those too, with Coach Kanyemi potentially coming back. And we already talked about how he was struggling this year, how maybe it would be good for him to have a few games in the AHL. And the biggest concern there is what, like the perception it can have uh, with the, with the media and the, what, how it could affect him coming back from an injury like like the concussion he just got. I mean, he already got an injury earlier this year. Might be the perfect opportunity just to give him the the. Uh, what, what how do you how do you call it like the maintenance games yeah and the conditioning stint. the conditioning stint exactly w- w- would you be for that 
Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's probably the probably the move to do. Uh, you know, send him down, give him a couple of games. He can play probably top minutes with the, with the Rocket. Um, give him you know a bit of a chance on the power play as well, maybe even the PK. Who knows? And uh, yeah, I, I think probably that's that's a good move for him, at least for a couple of games. And then you know, hopefully he can uh, build his confidence up a little bit more, and uh, and he'll be ready to go when he comes back up. Because at this point, if Kotkaniemi is ready to play. With, like we just mentioned, the way Suzuki is playing, Domi not having the craziest here, but where where do you slot him in? Because Kachikami on the wing doesn't make any sense. No, 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 definitely not. So you got to think one of Domi and Suzuki's got to move to the wing, right? I mean, we we talked about this earlier already, but at this point, like I almost like Suzuki at center more than Domi. Domi's ha- not having a great year. Suzuki having a fantastic year. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, uh, I think you know it's it's going to either be Domi or Suzuki on the second line and. I think once Kokinami comes back, he's just going to slot back into the third line. Hopefully, um, you know, once once Drouet and Byron come back, hopefully they'll both be healthy and uh, and you know that'll that'll sort of balance the lines out a little bit more. And hopefully, I mean, odds are usually how it goes: one comes back, one leaves. I mean, we're probably no, not going to be true. fully healthy uh, again uh, this year. It's just the way that it goes in an NHL uh, season, but. I just, I just, like, although I agree with the conditioning sit for Kudkinami, the fact that they're bringing him on the road trip, would you bring him on the road trip if the plan was to send him for conditioning stint? Well, I think that makes sense. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna bring him just to be around the team, even if mm. he's even if he's not gonna be healthy enough to play. I mean, it's it's only gonna be four games. I don't know exactly how close he is to coming back. I certainly wouldn't, you know, wouldn't uh, the, wouldn't push him to come back faster than he has to come back. Uh, I. Doubt he, you know, probably doesn't play over the next four games. You know, maybe we'll see. I mean, maybe usually maybe. though, when they travel with the team, it's because there's a chance that he's going to play. Maybe, but I, I think it's more that. So you, know, you think just it's just about him team. being around the team? Yeah, I'd, I'd rather as, have as, him as a young player, and because yeah. like Paul Byron, for example, is not following the team, but he's a veteran. No, oh, really... he has like a family. In yeah, there, exactly. Right? Yeah, okay. Now, he doesn't. I mean that 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 might that definitely might be it. I mean, a guy that Kukin is struggling this year and. Just needs all of the the leadership and mentorship from the the house veterans he uh, uh, he can get. I mean, we we obviously love Kachinami on well at least I do uh, <laughs> on the, on this podcast. No denying he's have had a, a rough year. I mean, already two injuries and uh, just statistically hasn't been great either. But uh, I wouldn't be against him having conditioning in, in, in the AHL. We'll uh, we'll see uh, we'll see if he uh, if he comes back. And as for Mete, I mean, as soon as he's ready to go, slot him right back in. I mean, get yeah. Mike Riley out of. My team, yeah, please. yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Mete will probably slide back into the second pairing. Yeah, at this point, because at first when they started playing Sherrod and Weber together, uh, it would they would like alternate depending on the matchup mm-hmm. and all that. But at this point, Sherrod and Weber to me is just a pair. Got to keep them together. Yeah, and I think Mete and Petrie have had success in the past as well. So I think that at least at the moment is is probably what makes the most sense. And unfortunately, Petrie has been struggling a little bit. Uh, lately, it hasn't been looking that. I mean, not 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 looking bad necessarily, but not looking as good as he lo- has looked in the in, in the past uh, year or so. The, 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 when he really broke out in, in Weber's uh, absence and all that, so you're gonna want to have Sherrod Weber as the true number one pair, and then as the second true second pair. Like it's not a one A one B situation. It's really the first pair is Sherrod Weber. Weber just having a monster year. Uh, after maybe a bit of a slow start, so yeah, it, it, it makes sense. Then Kulak and, and Flurry as as the last pairing. I mean, it 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 makes me much more comfortable about. There's so little depth on the left side for the Canadians. You just lose Mete, and right away it makes the whole 
left side yeah. looked that much worse. Yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, any time that Mike rallies in your top six is uh, is not a good not a good thing. And Kulak is fine as the like on the third pair, mm-hmm. but can't be much more than that. No, I mean, well, I think Kulak, you know, he's got off to a bit of a slow start this year. I mean, he had a really good, really good year last season. Um, you know, unfortunately, he's disappointed a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think if he can get back to, to the things that he was doing well last season, I think he's definitely a, a, at least a decent, maybe even above, well, maybe not above average, but <laughs> at least an average third-pairing defenseman. Okay, average third-pairing defenseman? Sure. I'm an average <laughs> third-pairing defenseman. I mean, <laughs> uh, maybe not. Maybe maybe 10 years ago. Uh, even then. Uh, <laughs> all right, so, I mean, well, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully the, the, they come back. I mean, you hate having so many injuries like we do at this point. So before we move to, to talk more quickly about the Rocket and the prospects, so looking at, we'll talk just about the first four games uh, of the road trip here. So basically the, the West Coast Canada. So Vancouver, and then at Calgary, then at Edmonton, at Winnipeg. How many points are we getting here? It's going to be tough. I mean, I think if you can even come out with, with four, I'd be relatively happy. I mean, if yeah. they can win two out of four, I think that's not not too bad heading into the holidays. Um, I mean, it's obviously it's it's never easy to go out uh, to go out west for a long stretch like that. I feel good about Vancouver. They're probably the at yeah. this point. I think they're the weakest of the the Canadian teams, even though they're pretty solid and just price in Vancouver and all that. So if they can win it, win tonight in Vancouver, and then just one out of three. Of the upcoming games, we're gonna need some big games from Carey Price, and uh, I go from there. But just that eight-game losing streak, I just don't really see a situation where the Canadians crack back into the the playoff mix at this point. I mean, they're in the the quote-unquote mix, but nah, they're, they're they're three points away from Philadelphia at this point, and it's not looking. It's gonna to be tough. It's gonna to be really really tough. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna to be tough. But uh, I mean, if they want to hope to uh, to be in the race at the end of the season, I think you know this this road trip is definitely going to be be uh, be, be big for them. Well, if they win more than they lose on this road, like obviously, like this sounds like such a dumb uh, analysis <laughs> thing to say, but they, it just, just you would expect this road trip to be a five hundred or below road trip. It's a it's a rough road trip at this point in the season. Yeah. But if they can come out of this for so it's seven games, if they like five out of seven, they win. I mean, I don't necessarily expect that, but if they can do something like that, that would work well to compensate for the eight-game losing streak, and then I'd be a bit more confident in this team. But if the the road trip goes the way I think it might go, unfortunately, then it's it, we're really going to be starting to talk about the Canadians being like a much lower in the in the wild card race and pretty much out of it at that point. Yeah, it's it's going to be huge. Um, you know, if if they can play play to their potential, I mean, I think they can definitely. You know, hopefully they can play 500 hockey over the next seven games, and uh, and if they do, five five is not enough though. I'm telling you, like if 500 for this road trip. Like they need to have, if they want to, like, I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but if they want to sniff the playoffs, they need to have like a really really solid road trip that sets them up for the rest of the year. I think it went four out of seven. It wouldn't be too bad. <laughs> be it wouldn't be too bad. It would be fine. It'd be fine. It'd be good. It'd be good. But it's still not a team that's making the playoffs. If that's what we want to do, I, yeah, I just I just don't think it's it's happening. Man, moving on. Rocket are playing right now. If I'm not mistaken, the Rocket are playing right now. I know that. Uh, well, they were up one nothing. Charles Ludon scored the first goal. Of course, two minutes into the game against Rockford, uh, they had a rough weekend. I mean, they're playing. Uh, Ro- they played Rochester on Friday and Saturday in Laval. Two losses, unfortunately. Uh, well, I mean, one of the best teams, if not the best team in the AHL. So that was always going to be a tough game. But uh, so they're playing tonight against Rockford. Hopefully they can win that. Keith Kincaid's back in nets. 
Uh, they're up 2-0, actually. Alexandre Alain scored the second goal, so that's exciting. Um, they're still sort of on the front. Right now, they're, they're on the outside looking into the playoffs, have to finish in the top four in their division to make the playoffs. And they have by far the most games played. They not, do. not looking good for Laval. I'd, I'd be so bummed if Laval missed the playoffs. I mean, it's been tough for them with all the injuries in Montreal and a lot of call-ups and the lack of a true ECHL affiliate. Uh, doesn't probably yeah, assuming that's, doesn't that's make definitely it hurt as well. Easier, right? Um, I mean, obviously, like you said, there's been a lot of call-offs. There's also been a lot of injuries to uh, to Laval as well, so it's it has been a bit of a struggle. But hopefully, I mean, they've they've played some good hockey. Even even in the two losses that they had against Rochester, they were pretty competitive in both games. So hopefully, they can uh, they can turn it around and come out strong after the holidays. All right, and then uh, moving on to prospects. And speaking of the holidays, I mean, the holiday tradition for a lot of Canadians is watching. The World Junior Tournament. Yeah, uh, we touched on Romanov in Russia, but yeah. the, the, I think the team most of us are most excited to watch. Uh, I mean, I'm sure Canada, I guess, but I mean, <laughs> I'm more interested in Habs prospects than Team Canada. If I'm being honest, I'm sorry if that's unpatriotic, <laughs> but I'm excited to watch the Americans and Cole Caulfield, also known as Goal Caulfield by True. smart people. True. Right. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely one of, one of my favorite things about the holidays. Uh, Aside from getting uh, getting a couple of days off, that's always nice too. I thought you were going to say but, if uh, it's getting presents. I'm like, you're too old to be excited about that. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, definitely Romanov is is uh, is is going to be great. Great to see him again. He won the the top defenseman last year, so hopefully he can build upon that. Like you said, for the team for Team USA, Cole Caulfield looks like he's going to be on the top line uh, with them right now, playing with Alex Turcott and Arthur Kaliev. I believe it was yesterday they played. Uh, Jordan Harris is also a potential. Uh, he, he was, from on the, the lines I saw, he was like third pairing. But they have yeah. like they have. I think they had like six or or five or six different pairings. So yeah. there's definitely going to be cuts on on defense there. There's definitely going to be cuts, but uh, he was playing yesterday on the right side. He's he's naturally a left-handed defenseman, but he has played on both sides with North Northeastern um, this That'll year and even last year. Sure, yeah. So I think I think that's going to be what uh, what sets him what apart, does yeah. exactly what sets him apart. Uh, aside from that, for Sweden. We have Matthias Norlinder, who, I mean, definitely not a slam dunk to make the team either, especially with Toronto just sending uh, Rasmus Sandin. Um, so we'll see if he makes the team. Hopefully, he's obviously had a great season. Uh, unfortunately, Jacob Olofsson uh, injured, so he won't be with, uh, with, with Team Sweden. So that was definitely a big hit for Team Sweden and obviously for the Canadians. So that's too bad. But, uh, I mean, they definitely have a couple of prospects. Unfortunately, none for Team Canada. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, so it's going to be exciting. If if Jordan Harris makes a team for Team USA, then USA, if you're a Habs fan, is the team to watch. Probably, yeah. I mean, they're they're going to be a really just with Cole Caulfield, right? So, do, are are USA up there as a USA? I mean, they're definitely one of the favorites. Uh, Sweden's going to be up there as well. Um, they're probably the two favorites, I would say. Uh, Does Cole Caulfield have a chance to break the all-time goals record in the World Junior? Uh, I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, I mean, I'm he, not sure what the whole what he the does love goal. scoring goals. I mean, he I does. guess uh, he started off a bit stronger than yeah he, he's been uh, lately. But uh, it's always exciting to see because we obviously don't don't get to watch a lot of uh, uh, a lot of college games and we see the highlights for for Cole Caulfield. But I'm, I'm excited to see him play a full game uh, and playing against other teams of like all-star junior players, right? Yeah, playing, uh, yeah he's going to be playing top minutes on one of the top teams in the tournament. And I think he's going to light it up. I'm definitely excited to see him play. All right, aside from that, any other prospect news uh, outside of the World Junior candidates? 
No, I mean that's that's uh, that pretty much covers it. I mean a lot of the a lot of the Habs prospects are uh, are, are playing really well. I mean still Shakutami uh, with Samuel Hood and Raphael Harvey Pinal. They they continue to be two of the top two of the most threatening players in the queue right now for one of the best teams in the CH, CHL. So I'm excited to see them. Uh, and hopefully uh, in a Memorial Cup run. And uh, Cameron Hillis as well continues to do it for Guelph Storm, a team that uh, we weren't really expecting to be too great, and, uh, and he's he's carrying them along with uh, with his teammate pa- Pavel Gogolev. I saw, I saw Hillis is one of the top uh, – he's fourth in the OHL in assists, or at least he was yesterday. I don't know if it's changed since then. But yeah, he's been on fire. Uh, not, not bad, not bad at all. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, that, that pretty much covers it. So, um, yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter. Wait, before at... we end, I know it's the last second here. Didn't you have another question from a fan? Oh, shit, that's true. Oh, <laughs> look at us. We ask you for questions all the time, and then we forget about it. And, uh, yeah, so the second question that we had was from the Have Statistician, who I was actually on their podcast uh, You were on Sunday. his podcast. I was on his podcast And you yesterday. forgot he sent you a question. <laughs> We're very sorry, Habstetician. I apologize on behalf of Dustin. Yeah, so Dylan Waugh from uh, the Habstetician. But, uh, yeah, so, I mean, uh, check out uh, my interview. Uh, I'm a special guest on the podcast, so that was great. Uh, so his his question was... Special indeed. <laughs> so the uh, the question was here, does Bergie complete the rebuild, and does that rebuild result in a cup? Uh, I mean, he's... Well on his way, like as far as completing the rebuild goes, he has stuck to it. His press conference reaffirmed that he's not going to stray from it. And and this is like the second rebuild, right? Because he kind of failed the first one and then kind of restarted. And like we've talked about, why the reason why it doesn't make sense to fire Bergerman is that if you didn't fire him two years ago, it means you're giving him another like chance at a rebuild. Now as far as will it lead to a cup, I mean, in today's NHL, I mean, there's, it's, there's so much that goes behind uh, winning a, a Stanley Cup. It's hard to say. I mean, we may have missed the window. It depends basically on Carey Price, how long he can be good. If Caden Primo becomes as good as he, as he, as he seems to be. It, it's it's so hard to predict that. I mean, it's... Yes, I mean, it's tough to say. I mean, definitely I think the pieces are there um, as far as prospects go. I think they have a lot of good young players as well when you take a look at Gallagher, Domi, Drouin, uh well, even Primo with the Canadians. Uh, he's looking pretty good. So, I mean, there, there's definitely the pieces there. Um, you know, it's it's really just a matter of hitting with those prospects. I mean, obviously they're not all going to hit, but I mean, there's definitely the cupboards are are pretty full at this point. So I mean, hopefully Bergevin doesn't. I mean, I I don't think he will, but hopefully you know he doesn't get too enticed by by trying to make a trade to to try but to make. He the does have to but. eventually, though. And the question, the big question is, is when it is time, will he be able to figure out the moment, the right moment to make that mm-hmm. big trade? And will he do it too early or will he do it when he needs to do it? I mean, I don't know when the time is. But often with the, the cup, if we're talking about winning a cup, you see a lot of teams end up making that that those few moves at the right time to really bring them over the yeah. over over the edge there. And we're, I think really if we're talking about a cup window for the Canadians, it's not this year. It's got to be the next three years after that. If you're talking yeah, about players uh, like think, yeah. even two years, if you're talking about Shea Weber and Carey Price. But they're not that far off if the right prospects, like if Kotkaniemi has a bit of a breakout next year. I don't think it's happening in this year. If Suzuki keeps going on the way he's going. Mm-hmm. Romanov is going to be a huge, uh, whether or not he's the difference maker he, he might be able to be. That could be a huge, huge, huge difference for, for the Canadians. Uh, outside of that, and who are the other prospects you're hoping are gonna hit? You know, there's 
Yeah, I mean, well, you want to see, yeah, so some of the other guys develop. Like, ho- hopefully, Josh Brook turns into the player that uh, you that don't think of, he's going to be. A lot of fans think he can turn into. Hopefully, Kale Fleury can continue to develop. Yeah, like Kale Fleury, that's true. Uh, um, but uh, yeah, I think uh, definitely in three to four years is when you're going to start seeing some of these, a good portion of these prospects arrive, and, and it'll be at that point when. You know, the guys like Gallagher, Dwayne Domi are sort of hitting their primes in a couple of years when they start hitting like 28, 29 years old. And and some of these other guys are going to be coming in on good contracts, guys guys like, you know, Cole Caulfield, like we talked about, Romanov yeah. as well. Next year is actually a huge year if the players can take a step because after next year, plenty of players are going to need new contracts. Like Gallagher, Dano, uh, I mean, Armio has been great, Tatar... Uh, I mean, Max Domi is really the only big name at the end of this year that's going to need a contract. But next year, we have a like Gallagher is one of the best contracts in the league. Yeah, he's up there, right? And he's going to get real expensive. He's going to get expensive really fast. Yeah, but I mean, you know, there there's obviously a lot of cap room as well. Um, yeah, I mean, definitely in two years it's going to be a bit of a puzzle to put together. But uh, again, I mean, that's that's why they have a lot of prospects, and I mean, all those prospects are going to be on. Obviously, cheap contracts, yeah. so it's it's going to be tough putting the puzzle together. But I mean, I think the pieces are there. I think so too. And I think at the very least, they're on track to be a competitive playoff team soon. Yeah. Whether or not they'll win the cup, I mean, there's so so much goes into that. So so we'll see. But uh, th- thanks for the question. Uh, we're sorry we uh, we waited until uh, what about 50 minutes into uh, <laughs> to answer it. Uh, and uh, so yeah, so like uh, as always, follow us on Twitter. Uh, send us some questions at the Habs Forum, and we promise that we won't wait till the end of the podcast to answer That's those right. questions. And again, uh, check out the Habs Statistician. Check out my uh, my interview. And you know what? Check him out regardless. Great podcast. Yeah, it is a good podcast. Even if you don't like Dustin's voice, which I know he can be a little <laughs> bit annoying, the rest of the podcast is great. So check it out. And thanks for listening.